Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Post to Post podcast. This is episode 103. With me, as always, is my co-host, Chris Ronan. How are we doing tonight on this cold night, buddy? What's happening, big dog? I'm just, just living life right now. Living life. How, how's, uh, how's everything on your end? I haven't talked to you all week. I know. Thing, it's been a while. The only thing I've really... We started this, uh, which I liked... Did I start it? I think we, as a combination, started it this week. We we picked a team, and whoever lost uh, had to do 20 push-ups, and the loser picked like, the next game. But uh, No, you got it all wrong. So Matt sent it. me and said the game and said, like, who do you have in this one? And I said, all right, let's throw something on this. I said, I don't want to put money on it, but, like, drop and give me 20 if you, know, if you lose. So he picked the game, and then I picked the team. And then from there, it's the winner ends up picking the game, and the loser picks which team they want. Mm-hmm. And then the other person just gets whatever team they don't pick, and the loser does 20 push-ups. Nice. And I actually lost the first one. Matt also threw in a nip of Bombay Sapphire. So, Yeah, the first one, I was just like 20 push-ups and like a nip that you hate. Yeah. And we both hated Bombay, so I was like, that, that works. But we did it throughout like the rest of the week. I'm like, hmm. So should we do like the beginning of the week? Like, it would be like a Bombay, Bombay Sapphire, like a terrible nip, and then the rest of the week it's just 20, 20 push-ups? I kind of just like the push-up aspect because it gets me to move <laughs> my fat ass and get something done. But, uh, I mean, I'm down for whatever. I, I I don't know. I'd like to get some more people involved in it too. Like, yeah. Even if it's the NFL games, which I know nothing about, like have you know the guys that follow football pick a team and stick with it, and I'll take the opposite, and mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens. 20 but. push-ups is just enough for you to fucking hate it. Like, if it was 10 push-ups, like... I 10 just, push-ups you can bang out and be done. Like, yeah. 20 push-ups now, it's like, all right, you're, you're asking me to do some work here, you know? <laughs> it's going <laughs> to suck. It's, it's going to hurt. But, here, yeah, it makes you, like, really think. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm, like, looking up stats and shit. I'm like, how can I not do these 20 push-ups? You and know? the first night, you're like, dude, you have to take a picture. you got to record it. you got to do this. I'm like, dude, this is push-ups is my idea. I'm not doing all that. Like, obviously, I'm going to do the push-ups. <laughs> be a man of my word. Uh, who's the team that came back? Was it Toronto? Yeah, it was Toronto. I, uh, that Toronto game, I, I picked against them. I was surprised you didn't pick Toronto because you've been on them since day one. Yep, the uh, Toronto Leaf fan, that uh, Maple Leaf fan that I am, just uh, went against them that game because, like, I don't know, maybe maybe I could see a a Toronto loss there. But, damn, they come back, that overtime goal was sick, and I was like, fuck! And then you sent some stats, too, about the goaltending and and their records at home in a way, and I think they collectively had only dropped, like, three games at home. Yeah, that was it. Right? It was 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 insane. Ilya Samsonov's been fucking unreal for them at home i think he's like 14 and 0 or yeah he shit. hasn't he hasn't gotten a loss there i don't no, think just gorgeous beautiful so now i know never if toronto's home i'm just not not betting against them if, that's if what I i've been looking at too like that's been part of the <laughs> part of the factor here we got a uh, columbus in vancouver live right now um i believe it is still three to one and vancouver is up that's who i have tonight and mm-hmm. matt has the columbus blue jackets so we'll see who ends up pulling that one out maybe by come the end on, of the episode we'll have an answer come on columbus Going to have to uh, make a little comeback here, down by two, halfway through the second, and they are in Vancouver. Yeah, so. New coach, Rich, Rich, uh, Rick Tockett, is uh, one and one. So we're, we're going to get into him later on. There's a lot to cover there. A lot, a whole lot to cover right there. Uh, but, uh, all right, let's get into it. And, uh, yeah, keep that up, by the way. I, I just want to know if they, some score updates. Like, I want to see if they come back. Like, oh, yeah. Three. Where are we right now? Second period? Yeah, halfway through the second. Yeah, we got time. We got, we got time. That uh, that third goal was weird. Um, yeah, it was nice. It went off the back glass off of uh, Corpusalo's uh, pad, pads. skate, and then back into the net. Brutal. All right. Well, let's uh, 
let's get right into it. We got, uh, I feel like, a decent, decent-sized episode for everyone tonight. So um, we're gonna start with the trades and signings. We got a big one, an actual trade. The Colorado, Aval- the Colorado Avalanche have acquired left-wing Matt Nieto and defenseman Ryan Merkley from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for defenseman Jacob McDonald and right-wing Martin Kaut. Uh, Matt Nieto has eight goals and seven assists in 45 games played with the Sharks, and Ryan Merkley with one goal and five assists in 39 games played with the Sharks. He's currently playing for the Colorado Eagles in the AHL, though. Uh, Jacob McDonald has two assists in 33 games played with the Avs, and Martin Kaut had one goal, two assists in 27 games with the Avs. Uh, he moved from the Colorado Eagles to the San Jose Barracudas in the AHL. So really like a uh, a two a uh, one one for one AHL move and a one for one NHL move. Yeah. Yeah. What's kind of nice too? It seems like you know Colorado got the the forward uh, NHL player, and uh, San Jose gets the defensive NHL player, whereas they're swapping. You know, AHL prospects a forward for a defenseman and vice versa, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Matt Nieto I do like a lot. Eight goals, oh, yeah. seven assists, and 45 mm-hmm. isn't bad for the Sharks. I don't know too much about Jacob McDonald, but, I mean, the fact that they're making a trade like this at this point, it, it's definitely going to be kicking off the trade deadline movements that we're going to see, oh, yeah. you know, in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Colorado, huge pickup for the Colorado Avalanche. I, again, like what you just said, Matt Nieto, uh, just solid pickup from uh, eight goals, seven assists. Um, not all that good for him, but he's he's definitely a type of player that can get you in the du- double digits there, both in assists and uh, goals. And maybe with a team like the Colorado Avalanche, that can uh, that can turn his uh, career around right there and help him help him get those stats up. Yeah, should be a good depth up. guy. <laughs> so uh, the first of many, hopefully, with uh, these trades and uh, signings. Uh, so let's jump right back into it with the Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes here. They signed defenseman Yuso Valimaki to a one-year contract worth $1 million. Valimaki has a career-high 10 assists so far this season since entering the league in 2018 with the Calgary Flames. He's also racked up 35 pims so far for the Coyotes. Uh, kind of like a guy you want, defenseman, just easy, easy, uh, easy sign here. You know, nothing too much to talk about. Just a solid player you'd uh, you want for, especially like an Arizona Coyotes type of team. You know. Yeah, seems like he'll be a good presence on the blue line too to uh, you know back up their guys and drop the gloves when he needs to, kind of thing. But right. not too much to cover there. Nope. Over in Vancouver, though, they signed forward Andre Kuzmenko to a two-year, eleven million dollar contract. That's five point five mil AAV. And along with this signing, we've heard that JT Miller will eventually be re-signed by the team, and they'll also be moving on from Bo Horvat before the deadline. Mm-hmm. I, I was popping Kuzmenko's uh, ties in the beginning of the season when I did the uh, Vancouver Canucks breakdown earlier, and uh, I was talking about uh, I, I was talking about Kuzmenko. I was just like he's just he's in the spot. He's just not getting the points. He's just not he's just missing that one. Uh, just me. He just misses being there like the right time, right right place, right time. And he's finally fucking gotten it. And he's uh, he's man. He's uh, really looking real fucking good for the Vancouver Canucks right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I were them, if the players wanted to be there, though, I would definitely prefer to have Miller and Horvat. But those contracts are going to end up being too big for them, and yep. I just—it's such a weird situation in that team. So I guess it kind of makes sense to take the younger guy that wants to be there and, and give him the money that he wants, and mm-hmm. move on from a guy that really does look like he wants out in yep. in Bo Horvat. So uh, I wonder where Bo, Bo, that Bo Horvat's going to go. Got got any got any ideas where the Ho Horvat's going to go? <laughs> No, no clue. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see where he, uh, where he where he ends up. I wonder if it's gonna be 
I'm trying to think. Like, I think it's going to be like another like low end team, like the Columbus Blue Jackets, maybe Arizona Coyotes looking for him. I don't think so. I, I think he's going to be on one of those fringe teams that are going to be looking to make a push before you know the, the the end of the season and try and get into the playoffs at the at the last chance. I think he's going to have a decent say in it too. But we'll we'll uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the last bit of news here, the New York Rangers have signed defenseman Ben Harper to a two-year, one point five seven uh, sorry, one point five seven contract, which is a uh, seven hundred eighty-seven thousand five hundred AAV. Uh, Harper has one goal and three assists in 19 games played. He's been bounced around a bit. Last season playing for the Predators for 19 games before being sent down to the AHL where he played for the Milwaukee Admirals and then the Hartford Wolfpack. So two years, 1.5 mil for a defenseman here, probably definitely fourth line. Um, good good little side for him. I mean, I don't know, just a little, little entryway contract for this dude and they have faith in. Two years, not that big, so... I don't know. Solid sign for him. We can see what we'll see what he does for the uh, for the New York Rangers here. There we go. Yep. And so that's it. All so, right. You ready to dive into a giant Vancouver situation here? Yeah. I feel like we've been doing this all season. Just Vancouver Canucks breakdowns. Vancouver, Vancouver, Vancouver. But that's they've been the story for a lot of the uh, NHL seasons. So yeah. Far. For better or for worse, we've yeah. been talking about them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be seem like a little bit of old news for a lot of you listeners because this basically all ended up coming down like last Saturday, Sunday, after we recorded on Friday. So just so you know, today is Friday, January 27th. This will drop for you guys on Monday, January 30th. Uh, but in the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Bruce Boudreau is officially out of office. Uh, the announcement was made this week that Rick Tockett will be the new head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Tockett was currently on the panel for TNT, which initially made me think that his name was just being tossed around the rumor mill a little bit. But uh, Tockett's contract with the Canucks is a three-year, $8.25 million deal. That's a 2.75 mil AAV. The Canucks also hired Sergey Gonchar and Adam Foote as assistant coaches, while also keeping Mike Yo and Jason King on the staff as well. And to be clear, they're going to be going with three assistant coaches after firing Trent Cull. Uh, Sergey Gonchar is going to be a defensive development coach. Uh, during Boudreaux's last game behind the bench, he got emotional as the fans began can- chanting their famous Bruce There It Is chant. Boudreaux wasn't the only one to get emotional, though. After the game, several Canucks players were in tears as they said their goodbyes, and one, quote, high-profile player was sobbing uncontrollably. Uh, random fact here, though, Rick Tockett actually leads the NHL all-time in Gordie Howe hat-tricks with 18 in his career. Shanahan is second all-time with 17. Weird, weird, uh, weird little fact right there for everyone, too. It is funny because I, I think like one of the strangest things about the NHL is calling it the Gordie Howe hat-trick when he really didn't have that many. He had two. He's like pretty far down the list. Yeah, yeah he's like, he like, didn't have any. <laughs> he's one of the players with the least Gordie Howe hat-tricks yeah. and they named him after him, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you want to want to finish this up, and then we'll I guess we'll break it down altogether. Yeah, the Canucks have actually now fired eight hockey operations employees over the past ten years. The team is also paying a total of seven point five million this season for the head coaches that are on the books: two mil to Bruce Boudreau, two point seven five to Rick Tockett, and they're still paying Travis Green his salary of two point seven five mil as well. Boudreau has spoken with NHL Network about rejoining them as a studio analyst. And Canucks fans made sure to keep it classy for talking, booing him in the first game, <laughs> and one fan even throw their jersey on the ice less than five minutes into the period. They don't like it. They don't like it. I don't blame them. It's just like, what the fuck do you do? As a Vancouver Canucks fan, you, your your jet GMs, your, your your assistant coaches, your head coaches. It's just for ten years. It's what we're looking at. Just keeps getting fucking uh, mixed around and signed and 
fired and you're like what 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 the hell is this organization doing it's just wild to me that you you think last season when they brought Bruce back in and they were on their skid leading into Bruce Boudreaux coming in and then he brings them on an absolute like heater for like 10 games straight I don't think they won 10 games but like they were doing very well compared to how they were before that Mm -hmm. then they fizzled off and got back to 500 a little bit probably tapered off towards the end of the season but going into this year definitely weird coming out of training camp but you brought a guy in like mid to late last season to get rid of him early to mid this season like what the hell was the point of it like if he's not your guy why are you even bringing him in why wouldn't you like think more about it and and find the guy that you're like all right you're gonna be with us through this rebuild for the next three to five years and help you know grow and develop the team the young players and and turn the franchise around like we need you to like we're not looking for what you shouldn't have been looking for a patchwork half season here half season there head coach guy that we're gonna pay two million dollars right and i think bruce boudreau it's not his fault I think he could have been that guy if you kept him on the books. Like yeah. he wasn't the issue there. Clearly, if the the team's crying about him leaving, like mm. physically crying, and it, now it's you, nuts. And now you're still fucking paying him too. By the way, you're paying him and like the other two, uh, the other two assistant coaches as well. And you're like, what, what, what is the, what's the mindset right now? It's just like they, I like how you said patch, but it's just like for some reason they want this like quick work done like they want Rome built in a day when it's just not how that fucking works for a team like the Vancouver Canucks you need to keep you, you should have kept uh Bruce Boudreaux in there because it's not again like what you said half a season's not going to change this team around like it's it's gonna take a while to figure shit out and for some reason as we've been talking about head coaches they seem to be the fucking scapegoat for this shit when in reality they shouldn't be they should be working on uh just just uh Working, working together as a team and figuring out what works, what what doesn't work, making trades, making draft pick choices and shit. Like instead of doing what the fuck happened to Bruce Boudreaux, and I like the way they did it too because uh, we're, what were we watching with um, was a TSN that was saying like uh, before they even fired uh, um, before they even fired Bruce Boudreaux, I guess Rick Tockett was like already in Vancouver, like re- already ready to take the reins. You're just like, all right, it's already you're as a fucking General manager of uh, the Vancouver Canucks head end, you're treating your head coach like that, you know? Yeah, it just didn't make sense at all. And, and I mean, the story of the season last year, I feel like, for, for like a player wanting out of his team was Patrick Laine in Winnipeg. And now this season, it's entirely like half of the Vancouver Canucks want out of this team. And it's like, that is the worst look in the world for a group that's trying to rebuild, you know? Yeah, like it's terrible. And it's it just leaves Rick Tockett with such a mess to clean up and... I don't really see like any light at the end of the tunnel for what is going to get Rick Tockett and this team out of the doldrums of the NHL and get them back into, you know, contending for a playoff spot. Certainly isn't going to happen this season, but no. you've now basically set him up to be the next what? Bruce Boudreau right. and finish this season, get halfway through next season, then what? Can him again? Get fucking can him again? I don't and know. Go somewhere else? We'll see what happens, but. And this is all, too, Patrick Alvin's only been, we're just looking this up, too, Patrick Alvin's only been a fucking GM for the Vancouver Canucks for a year now. Like a legit, yeah, I think it was like January 20, January 16th, 26th, some some shit like that. He was was signed for uh, the Vancouver Canucks GM, so it's really only been a year, that's it. And this, this GM's already, like trying to again like what i just said like quick fixes and shit and it's just not how it works like i don't, I don't get how one year you're, you're trying to make all these like drastic changes that just aren't working and you're not listening to the fans either i just i didn't read i didn't read i think it was espn or something 
All I, all it was, it was posted yesterday, and the title was uh, uh, "Patrick Alvin doesn't understand what the fans want." And I'm just like, how? I didn't read it, so I can't really say anything on it. But just reading that, I'm like, how fucking dumb are you? Like, are you serious? Like, all the booze and shit, all the Bruce there it is, and, like, the, the fucking fan love for, like, Bruce Boudreau, and you you don't know what the fans want? I'm like, come on. Come on. You got to figure shit out. If anything, I think Patrick Oliver needs to go, and you need to find a GM that's willing to find a coach like Bruce Boudreau and work things through and – Give it like that two or three years to like finally find groundwork and raise a team up as like a good team that's going to be a solid like playoff contender at least. Yeah, I think that honestly it's coming from higher above him though. I think it's definitely Jim Rutherford coming down and saying like, it, like most of the time GMs and coaches are, are linked together like, you know, two cross fingers for you guys that are listening. But um, that's usually the story. I don't think it's the case with Patrick Alvin and Bruce Boudreau. And I can't speak to what was said in the back rooms, but like I can't imagine all of it was like, yeah, it's Cast. Uh, it's I keep saying Casty because his first name is Bruce. <laughs> um, it's Boudreaux. He's got to go. He's the problem. I don't see Alvin being, you know, scapegoating Boudreaux in that sense. I do see Jim Rutherford as not understanding what he needs to do to get this team's tires kicking again. It seemed like that 2020 2021 season when they had, maybe it was 21 22. No, 2020 2021. When they had Brayden Holtby coming in, you know, he was with this team before. Now he's over here, and he, he was kind oh, of yeah. piecemealing a, a very good team on paper together. Yeah. And it just didn't click. And then basically got out of everything that he needed to and said, like, that didn't work. Let's let's start over. And it's like, once you blow something up like that, like, you're left with, with shambles, yep. nothing. And you've yeah. now paid all these guys X amount of dollars. You're selling them for, you know, pennies on the dollar. And... Now here we are, you know. So I, I think it comes higher up than than Alvin, but Jim Rutherford, I think, is the first guy that has an X over his face when you're looking at, you know, the the team photo this year. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm with you on that. What we talked about it, but I, I just so, something something has to fucking give at this point. The fact that I no, because because of the because of the run Bruce Boudreaux had, um, they aren't the worst team in the league. But if they didn't have that run, they'd be up there with the worst team in the league. Who who is it right now? Is it is it still Columbus Blue Jackets or uh, Anaheim Ducks for the worst team in the league right now? Blackhawks currently have thirty four points. The Blue Jackets currently have thirty three. So they are now the worst team in the league. It's it's just insane to me. And just like you scroll down, they're uh, they're still holding on at twenty seventh. Worst, you got San Jose, Arizona, Anaheim Ducks, Chicago, Columbus Blue Jackets. So, I don't know. Like they finished last year was weird. It was like uh, they finished fourth in their in their division. I think. Hopefully. But that's the hard part. Like the record isn't like too too bad. Nineteen twenty six and three. Like, yeah, it's not good. But like, you could get that back in a five and five stretch. Like you can make some progress, some headway. Six and four. Right. You know, mm-hmm. there's plenty of time this season. They got call it. You know. 42 games left. Yeah. That's terrible math, but fucking 32 <laughs> games left. Uh, 34 games left. Jesus Christ. But, yeah, there's plenty of time this season. It's just I don't think that it's going to happen this year. So no. I think Canucks fans are clearly all set, and it, it doesn't have to do with Rick Tockett. You know, the, the fact that they're booing him in his first game, a, a jersey thrown on the ice, that's more of a, a shot at management and the upper hierarchy of it saying, like, Bruce Boudreaux should still be here. This is you guys' fault. I'm all set with this team. Right. And in my opinion, if you're one of those losers that throws a jersey on the ice, like you might as well find a new team to be a fan of. Like, right. You, you cannot ever say that you're a fan of that team ever again. No, no. 
Like, but you, I guarantee you, the people that throw their jerseys on the ice are those diehard of fans that once the team is good again, they're right back on board. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like that is that is so annoying and frustrating to me. Like you sh- you shouldn't be allowed to be a fan of your team if you throw the jersey it, on the ice. I feel like it more so screams bandwagon more than anything. Just like. No, because the bandwagon guys are like, yeah, we're so good right now. I love it. But then, like, when they're bad, like, they're off. They don't care. They're they're following the next team that's really good, you know? Mm -hmm. But the the guys that are that diehard and throw the jersey on the ice, they guarantee you they're right back at it when the team's good. Like, fuck yeah, here we go. But it's like, you're a loser, dude. You threw your jersey on the ice. Like, you should never be allowed to be a fan of this team again. No. I feel like you should be recorded too, and just like don't don't ever give this guy a jersey. Don't even yeah. buy a jersey. Yeah, you know? <laughs> what a waste of money. What a waste of money. <laughs> and those jerseys are expensive as shit. How much are they? Especially if you buy them like in the the store, it's like two hundred like thirty dollars or some shit. Jesus Christ, it's fucking just so expensive. So I don't know. It's just just idiots being idiots. They're just following trends and shit after seeing all the. Uh, who was it? It was the Edmonton Oilers. They they started that shit back in the day. With no, nah, I mean it's it's been every it's been every team everywhere. Mm. But I just I I don't know where the fuck this Vancouver Canucks organization is gonna go at all because at any given point someone can get fired. Literally at this point, like no one no one's safe. Rick Talk can get fired next week. Like I don't know. I think at this point, like you've you've gotten rid of what you wanted to get rid of. You've done what you needed to do and now like until like midway through next season i don't think we'll see any more changes in vancouver's high end back office that's back a crazy office for. yeah i was gonna say because i i fucking hope we see a shit done from the de- uh the trade deadline hit yeah we definitely will protected i want to see what they get for bo horvat that'll be interesting yeah they uh they're gonna it, it's gonna be weird shit like they're gonna be moving off of players for like just I feel like we're going to be seeing definitely, like, weird trades from this because if they had my mindset and they had, like, trying to think of a player that could trade. Uh, not JT Miller. JT Miller's gone. I'm trying to think of, like, fourth line, third line guys that some team is just like, hey, I'll give you, like, give you a second-round pick and a third-round pick for him. be like, yeah, fuck it, I'll take it, you know? See, I don't think they're going to be as interested in picks as we think, like, yeah, they're going to need them, but I, I think that they're kind of they've they've got enough of those too. I think they're going to be looking to get guys in that really want to be here and like let's get some all star presence here, some veteran presence, something like that. Like mm-hmm. I don't see a Jonathan Taves and a Patrick Kane coming here with their no move clauses, but I, I think that a, a guy around that level of like respect in the locker room could probably go here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <sighs> I just. I just at a loss. Like every time we talk about this, like just the information comes out, and we try to say our piece, but our piece has been the exact same piece. Like I, I feel like no matter what happens, what's been happening with the Vancouver Canucks throughout this entire season, I feel like my response to it has almost been the exact same throughout all of it. You know, just like they they need to do this, they need to do that, need to do this, and I, I just I just fucking don't know. You gotta just like. Suck out for Bedard, maybe. I don't. I don't even think that's worth it. I. I don't imagine that they're gonna get that that top level pick either. No. Either way, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just. I feel. I feel bad for the Vancouver Canucks fans. Like you, it, you guys still aren't the worst team in the league whatsoever, which is crazy to think because of how the Vancouver Canucks have been doing and failing as an organization as of late. But 
it is just it, it, it really comes down to uh, it really comes down to putting the pieces putting the pieces of the puzzle back together like someone dropped the fucking puzzle like the puzzle and you gotta like put shit together and find the right pieces that's that's literally what this comes down to especially after uh, all the moves here with the um, assistant G- uh, uh, yeah assistant coaches and head coaches too. And so you said Sergey Gonchar was going to be the defensive core, a uh, defensive development uh, coach. Yeah. So I just and this is uh, so this this week that we're talking about it, it's it's all like it's really the first week of everything, so we can't really say like how they've been doing right now. But um, right now they're playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. How are they doing? Still just, up three one into the second period. No? I mean, not bad, not bad against a uh, shit team, but I don't know. I, I think we've beaten this horse pretty dead, pal. Yeah, we, it's 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 dead. It's been dead. It's been six feet under. At this point, it's just a fucking waiting game. It's really what it is. We do have another team not too happy with one of their superstars, too. Superstars, Jesus Christ. Superstars. Yeah. Vegas Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy was quoted calling out one of the superstars on their team. Quote, expectations aren't being met by Jack, meaning Jack Eichel. He needs to be better for us. Um, kind of nuts to see him call out a guy like dead specifically like that and say, like, He's part of the problem right now, you know, mm-hmm. especially a guy that is coming over from another team, dealt with all this media drama and like fucking hated it there and left because of it. And now he's on a team that's 29, 17 and three, second in their division, tied for first technically with the Kraken. Like they're four five and one in the last 10, two game losing streak. But I mean, I wouldn't call that a streak. No, you know, no, not at all. <clears throat> I, I just thought it was weird to see him call him out by name. Yeah, I mean. When's the last time Jack Eichel had like a solid? Uh, ever since coming over here from the um, uh, from the Buffalo Sabers, when's the last time he had like a, a solid season? You know, I'm trying to look that up now. But yeah, here we go, Jack Eichel. I mean, what is it? Twenty-two, fifteen goals, nineteen assists this season so far. That's really not that fucking bad, to be honest. Yeah, what the fuck? What the hell is he talking about here? Last year, fourteen goals, eleven assists, that's thirty-four games played. I don't know, man. The hell's he talking about? Maybe, maybe he's expecting like the 2019 Buffalo Sabers. You know, 36 goals, 42 assists. I don't know. Yeah, I that's mean, weird. that's weird. That's weird for Bruce Cassidy to kind of call him out like that. Well, no, I mean, just because you're putting the you know puck in the back of the net one point per game, like if you're the all star on the team, we're paying you that much to be here, like, and expectations aren't being met, doesn't necessarily mean point production. You know, it could be. You know, we need him to get back defensively. We need him to, you know, help out a little bit more in the locker room, anything like that. But um, I just I don't understand the the benefit in Cassidy calling out a guy specifically by name, you know, to right. the media. Like, right. it's not a great coaching tactic. And I think this is, like, starting to show shades of, like, what was going on in Boston where – the players started getting upset with him and like didn't really want to work for a guy like that. Like, yeah, maybe Cassidy is the crossover hybrid between like the old school and the new school in like a John Tortorella meeting like a new Jim Montgomery. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. So I, I just I, I understand what you're saying with like almost a point per game. What's wrong with that? But like, if you look at all the other superstars in the league, they're they're probably over a point per game. Like yeah. the best player on each team. Right. So I, maybe it's him just holding him to a higher standard and saying, hey. He, we know that he can do more than this, and he needs to step it up. 
Interesting. I, I don't know. I don't see that as a good motivator, though, going to the media with it. No. Something that can be handled in the locker room or in private. Right. That's Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, that's uh, – oh, that's that's interesting. That makes me think of the whole – how we talked about David Krejci coming back over and we, yeah, people thinking that it's because uh, uh, Cassidy is gone. So maybe uh, maybe seeing shades, uh, maybe the windows are opening up for uh, us to see it because I don't remember him ever doing that with the Boston Bruins, though. Do you remember him ever, like, coming out? And, well, like, yeah, that's uh, – he didn't specifically call out Jake DeBrus, but Jake DeBrus' main issue was with Bruce Cassidy, you know, not giving him enough ice time and, and not giving him, you know, enough leeway, and leash, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. He definitely did call the team out before. I don't have specific examples. He probably did call out a specific player, if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, because I, I think that was an issue that players had with him, like – way way too heavy on the accountability aspect of it and right. something that was just not brought to their attention in a way and just set out in public instead interesting that can hurt a team bad like, 100% a divide between the coach and the team like and, that's bad and especially and especially like a certain player too like you hear that and you just like it Damn. would create one in the locker room too of like guys that support the player that's getting called out and guys that support the coach. Coach, yep, hundred percent. Oh man, I didn't think about that either. We do have another All Star that made his return to his former team, Columbus Blue Jackets player Johnny Gaudreau made his return to Calgary, and his teammates made sure to get him prepped up for it. <laughs> At morning skate, every time Gaudreau got the puck, teammates were booing him during his drills, and it's a good thing they did because uh, Gaudreau was getting booed <laughs> his first shift that night. And the signs, dude, did you see the signs that fans made? They dude, were fucking ruthless. Signs, man, they didn't give a. They, they took like his photo for the season and they wrote Boudreau <laughs> and they said um the face you make when you're not in uh, not in the playoff race. <laughs> like Jesus so dude. Good. Bottom of the barrel. I thought I saw a sign too. Uh I'll, I'll probably find it on YouTube if you want to look uh on the on the bottom there. But I thought I saw a sign that says I drove thirty six hours to boo uh Goudreau. Ooh, I was like, thirty six, I don't think so. But yeah, he drove some hours. Some I, hours. Can't, oh. I know it was something yeah. long. I was yeah. like, God. Damn, that, that is, that's uh, that's dedication right there. I was like, oof. Yeah. Man, imagine imagine being hated that bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I respect that more than I do throwing a jersey on the ice, but that's pretty low, too, to make a sign like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. But the yeah. guy definitely wanted out of Calgary. Like, there's there's no there's no doubt about it. No, and it, it was interesting to— I thought he handled it professionally, though. Yeah, and it was interesting to me— I think everyone, just in general, that he went to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, but I mean, he he definitely called out like, "Oh, it's a great place to raise a family. It's a great t- city for this." Blah blah blah, all this stuff. And like, we have heard that in the past, but it's like, dude, come on, Columbus. Like, looking at it from the outside, it's like, damn, dude, that sucks. Especially if you're in a city like Calgary. Like, it's like, come on, dude. Like, what is? It's like, can it, Calgary to Canada is Columbus to Mass to uh, the U.S. Right. 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 Don't you think? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Like Farmville. His assists are okay. I mean, 48 games played, 13 goals, 34 assists. Yeah, he's a playmaker, setting guys up. You know, he's he's a bit smaller out there, so he's probably, like, you know, working his way to different areas of the ice and, like, gaining space for himself mm-hmm. and getting probably not doubled up on when he's rushing the zone, like, you know, two guys on him at once. But right. they're, they're definitely shading him more because they know that there's not a lot of offensive firepower in the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's him and Line A, and that's, you know, there's a big drop-off from there. So yeah. if you can not necessarily double a guy up, but, like, you know, favor him a little bit and cover him, mm-hmm. now he's not able to do it. So since he can't put the puck in the back of that, he's got to think pass first. So. Right. I mean, Calgary not looking too swell either. They're sitting there fifth in the Pacific right now. For right no below. reason, Yeah, right I bo- think. 
Them and them and uh, Edmonton Oilers just have been shocking the shit out of me. They have just been super fourth, flat. They, yeah, super flat. Like fourth and fifth. I mean, the uh, I mean it's the Pacific, but they've been sitting fourth and fifth like this in almost this entire uh, season so far, and that's literally because Vancouver, San Jose, and Anaheim are right below them, and they're just not. They're just not moving from the, those last three spots either. The, the Oilers are on a good stretch now, though. 7-1-2 and two in their last 10, 58 points, and they're only three points behind first place. Like, There's definitely time for them to catch up. I think the big thing for a lot of these teams is going into this All-Star break, they're all going to stop and look at the, the roster, uh, not the roster, I'm sorry, the standings and say, hey, like we're still in this. We're not that far out of it. If we can come out of this All-Star break, take a week off, reset, and come out hot and and just climb up the standings early. I think that'll be enough to ride us into the playoffs at least, you know. Mm, right. Cuz at the end of the day, the ankle biters aren't there this season. The only division that there's really any look at something like that is the Atlantic where there's one team that's run away in the Boston Bruins. Everyone else can still really fight for something, you know. Yeah. yeah all the other well, all the other divisions like you know, there, there's guys that are bad and there's guys that are good. You know what I mean? Yep. <clears throat> this is uh, Vancouver Canucks right now. Uh, Vancouver Canucks, sorry. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in the Pacific, a third with 61 points. And uh, Edmonton Oil is fourth with 58. And then Calgary with 55. So it's pretty close, to be honest. So maybe, like, uh, we're talking about that push to get, in the, get, in, get into a good, like, playoff spot is uh, – would be nice. LA Kings surprising me with the uh, first right now in the Pacific, and then second in Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken fucking one eighty. I feel like I've been saying this for the past few weeks, but I'm still like, wow, holy shit, have they gotten their shit together? But also, uh, we talked about like divisions where the Pacific is just. I feel like it's a fucking joke. Well, I also think that it's you know they they have to take a team of misfit toys, put them all together. And teach them an entirely new system of hockey, all under one coach. You know what I mean? And that's that takes a while. You can't just take one guy from every team, which is exactly what a franchise draft is. Put them all together and say, "Here's your coach. Here's the the play style that we're going to run and make it work." You know, right. there's a lot of kinks to work out in that. And and I mean, the expectation was so much higher because of how good the Vegas Golden Knights were. Mm-hmm. And right now, Vegas Golden Knights three six and one three game losing streak, and that dropped them down to third now. Like you were saying. Kings in first only by a point and Kraken right behind them by one less. Kraken 7-2-1 and one in their last 10, so they're looking pretty good right now. Wow. Hmm. I don't know. Kraken, they're, uh, I'm still, I, you know, ever so often I think about uh, more Kraken stuff, like we're talking about Kraken eggs, like, gotta figure out some more Kraken jokes. I'm sure yeah, you got nothing one. good? I got nothing. I'm not as quick as you. I haven't come up with anything as good as Seattle Shack and when when Shack was fucking pushing the team. That was that was real good. That was like that one. That's 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 top uh that's top comedy right there. Alright, let's move on from the Columbus Blue Jackets though. Uh another hurt fest for the Montreal Canadiens. The Cole Caulfield is out for the remainder of the season due to a shoulder injury. Um, which is not looking good for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Gold Caulfield Supposed to be that dude. He was on a fucking little heater for a little bit. And uh, so this shoulder injury, I think, is going to really put Montreal uh, six feet under, especially for where they are right now currently in the league. And it's that's uh, a big hurt. For, fucking nine feet under. Yeah. 26 goals, 10 assists, and 46 games. Very good for a young guy who's only really played, you know, two and a half seasons in the NHL. Yep. Uh, another one, too, that we piled on last week was um, Uri Slavkovsky went down. He's out for three months. So mm-hmm. that combined with this is not looking very good for this team. No. 
And to add to that, too, the Carolina Hurricanes, Max Pacioretty, is looking at a potential eight- to nine-month recovery for his second Achilles procedure. Pacioretty traveled all the way to Finland to meet with one of the world's top uh, Achilles surgeons. So uh, another another big hit for another team. But I want to go back to Gold Caulfield here because where are they currently right now uh, in the league? I th- thought I just saw them. They are last in their division with 44 points, three points behind the Ottawa Senators. 5-4-1 and one in their last 10 isn't too bad. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, man, this is just like the Canadians of last season where they were just so injury-bitten. They still have Jonathan Drouin, Brendan Gallagher on IR, Jake Evans, Joel Armia, Cole Caulfield now, Yuri Slavkovsky as of last week, Caden Gould, and Sean Monahan. So eight different guys currently out. Uh, it's basically an AHL squad that they're dressing. Sam Montembeau's been playing very well, I think. Jake Allen backing him up. Um, I mean... Uh, the only people I know are Wi-Fi on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dadanov is on the third line, which is surprising to me. Suzuki, Josh Anderson, Rem Pitlick for the first line. Hoffman, which is I, I didn't even know he was on the team. Mike Hoffman, <laughs> Kirby Doc, and a guy I don't know on the second line. Christian Dvorak, Chris Weidman on the third line with Dadanov, and a fourth line. Like it's just, it is very AHL like. They are just getting their young guys some reps and. Enjoy. Just don't get hurt. That's all we can ask of you. Did you say Jake Allen? Is Jake Allen still out? Uh, Jake Allen is backing him up, yep. Oh, man. I thought I uh, actually thought I read recently that Jake Allen was back out. Maybe maybe he's back in or uh, they didn't didn't cover it. But, god damn. You're right. You're right. I totally actually forgot about the riddled, uh, uh, injury-riddled Montreal Canadiens. And, god damn. It's not so that... It's crazy how... For uh, them to get it back-to-back seasons is fucking insane to me. To see two years in a row where like eight to ten guys are on the IR at a time. It's just it's so bad for the locker room because you get no rhythm going. This guy's back. This guy's out. Now this guy's in. This guy's out. Like There's no chemistry growing and developing there. And and now it's even hitting the young guys where they're getting hurt. Like That sucks. Yeah. It's... it's yeah, it's going to... It's another team that's got to just, like, wrap it up for the rest of the season, trying not to suck as bad as everyone else. You know, it's one of those teams. But in a, in a sense, with all these injuries, though, and just the way this season's going for the Montreal Canadiens, it is a good opportunity for the Montreal Canadiens organization to bring these guys up from the AHL and give these guys some NHL. Yeah, some NHL reps. Some but NHL I, reps. I feel like it can also be bad for them, too, where they're being brought up, but they're still playing with other AHL guys, and they're not getting NHL experience because they're not playing with, with you know, NHL the NHL guys. roster. Yeah. And then they're getting up here, they're getting fucking pumped, five goose. <laughs> um, but then they just go right back down when the guys are back, and it's like, well, fuck, now my confidence is shot. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I, I, I guarantee you, it's a conversation they're they're having and saying like, listen, this isn't on you. Our guys are out. We just need to get people up and, and play the game, you know? Yeah, we need to. It's your opportunity to, to make it make it hard for us to make a decision when this guy comes back on who's staying up and who's going down to. Right. We gotta let's let's figure it out and try not to try not to really fucking die on the uh, die on the ice there. But let's touch on Max Pacioretty real quick too. This was crazy, dude. He came back for five games after the Achilles surgery the first time. Three goals in those five games, and now he's back out uh, potentially eight to nine months. He's going to see the best Achilles doctor surgeon in the world. Um, kind of crazy. The Hurricanes definitely would have liked to have him back, but they're not doing too poorly. I mean, 31-9-8, they're one of the only teams in the league with single-digit losses. Um, and 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10, four-game win streak. Devils are right on their heels uh, with two points less than them. 
But I mean, they're they're pretty safe in this division to make the playoffs and definitely secure a one or two spot in this in this division. Not bad, not bad considering everything. Um, but uh, I just he's one of those guys that could have put him over the hump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just another foot on the gas. I don't know, kind of player. How's he doing? Uh, give. Uh, sorry, I, I should I should have been doing this patch. You're ready. I should have been uh, doing this as you were doing that, but I just kind of want to see how he's been doing uh, recently. I mean, so I just told you, you got three goals in five games. And now he's gone. I'm just talking about last season. When oh, he wasn't the with the Hurricanes. Yeah, last he was season. with the Vegas Golden yeah. Knights. 19 goals, 18 assists last season. You want you again? Yeah, you want that type of player with you on for the Carolina Hurricanes, especially. So I don't know. Hopefully he can. Uh, hopefully he can go to that Achilles doctor, really sell things out, have like the summer to. Said eight to nine months. Fuck. Yeah, so Holy that's going to be in shit. October. He's going to miss training camp the first month preseason. He'll, he'll probably be back like right before, yeah, or right I'm after the start of the season. But maybe. it's not something that he needs to rush either. No, no, no. Now that you say that too, yeah. Now that you say that, he's got the whole summer to figure shit out. That's so depressing though, because he just took the whole summer to fucking get it figured out, and then steps on the ice for five games, and, and he's just back just out. Goes right back out. Sucks. Ugh. For his age too. How old is he right now? Thirty-four years old. I mean, you hit you just you hit an age where everything starts to like go to shit, and like say maybe let they maybe this was like a nagging injury that he had, and all of a sudden something clicked where we're just like, oh man, I gotta I gotta get this fixed, you know, just like I no, can't, and I, Achilles is something that like is a fucking blatant impact, like. My Achilles is broken. Like I need help now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play like this right now. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was like a like a, like a little nagging. I didn't know it was broken. I thought it was like a little nagging injury that he had that he was just like. Well, I don't think you can break your Achilles. I don't really know how to fucking describe it, but like the Achilles is ruptured. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I broke my back. (laughs) Spinal. (laughs) Something's wrong. Okay. I can't move right now. I got to go somewhere. Uh, But. um, He tore it. That's the word. Oh, he tore it. You can tear your Achilles. Tear the Achilles. Gotcha. I just realized that we got like a few more things to talk about and. Both those things, there's two things that we're going to talk about more more injuries here. So let's jump into that. Uh, the Ottawa Senators for Josh Norris will be out the remainder of the season and will have to undergo shoulder surgery. He went out October 22nd with a shoulder injury, came back January 18th and played three games before this news. Uh, Norris was coming off his career high season, 35 goals and 20 assists. Fun fact, Josh Norris was the first-round pick, 19th overall of the, for the San Jose Sharks in the 2017 NHL Draft. He was then traded to the Ottawa Senators for defenseman Eric Carlson in 2018. Funny that uh, those two intertwined with each other. But, yeah, another big name out, too. Fucking random, like, big-name injuries coming out. And we still got one more one more to talk about, too. Yeah, the, the tough part about this is basically the same fucking situation as Max Pacioretty. Out with a shoulder injury, comes back for eight games, and then back out again Ugh. with the same injury. So definitely depressing to see. I mean, mm-hmm. we just basically talked about the whole thing. But, yeah, um, yeah definitely sucks to see. Not really the guy that's going to, you know, get them over the top, per se, on a team like Ottawa where they're definitely deep in the basement here. Last season, a career high, 35 goals, 20 assists. Definitely very good uh, good young player for the team. Been in the se- mm. in the league for you know two full seasons, uh, a couple games the year before, but uh, definitely sucks for them. Yeah, um, that's all I really got. Yeah, I got I got nothing. There's just injury, injury, injury here. So 
Uh, yeah, it just sucks for, again, Josh Norris. But let's uh, – you got some Ottawa Senators news too for uh, the assistant coach. Hey, you yeah, Ottawa Senators assistant coach Bob Jones has been diagnosed with ALS. GM Pierre Dorian said, quote, Bob and his family's wishes are to take the courageous step of making his condition public in an effort to drive ALS awareness as he fights this disease. We've been working internally with Bob and his family as he takes on this challenge. While Bob will continue his coaching duties, he has the full support of the organization to take any time he needs away from the club during the season to concentrate on his health and his family. So definitely sad news to see here. Yeah. Uh, kind of amazing that he's been diagnosed with ALS, but is continu- going to continue to you know help coach the team and, yeah. and keep working. Like that's crazy. That's that's, that's, that's a big a, commitment. Oh yeah, that that's a push right there. That's that's that's. That's literally drive, not even not just for your job, but like for the love of like what you do too. Like, imagine. No, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not even gonna say it. But fuck that, dude. I'd, no. I'd be done. Yeah, I'd be. <laughs> I'd be all set. I'm like, I'm not working, dude. I have ALS. I have you ALS. know what I mean? Like, I'm fucking out of here. That's massive. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and just I guess the competitive drive and the competitive nature that these players have on the ice, it like seeps in. You? It seeps into the coaches, and, and it motivates them to stick around and say like, hey, these. These athletes, these, you know, all stars are, are giving it. They're all out there. Like, yeah. I need to be here to help these guys and, and be with them. And like, it also shows like the culture in a locker room to say like, you know, I want to push through this and be here for the guys as much as I can. You know, right. this it's crazy. Guy, this guy on the ice played through a ruptured testicle. I think I could fucking. I think I could make a few games. Oh, I wish we didn't bring that up again this week. <laughs> it hurts me. It pains <laughs> me to hear. I feel for you. That's so fucking bad. I feel for you. <laughs> I can't imagine that fucking pain. I, I, I just moving can't. Moving on. I just can't Please, moving it. on. All right. So oh. I, th- I think the last, I can't remember what the hell we have for the Best, re- best of the luck of to this. Bob Jones, though. Yep. Uh, same here. So the last bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Injury news, hopefully, out of like the fucking 10 players we talked about. Uh, another big name, Austin Matthews, will miss at least three weeks with a knee sprain. Uh, due to this injury, Alexander Barkov will be replacing him at the 2023 All-Star Game. Uh, Barkov, uh, I'm sure happy as shit to get in, but unfortunate for Austin Matthews. Although, I think Austin Matthews, this kind of happened at a good time for him where you get the All-Star weekend. Yeah, so he only missed like one week of games. Yeah, you know? really, something like good. that. Yeah, so that's good for... Uh, him to really uh, recover and uh, Toronto Maple Leafs to not have to worry about missing Austin Matthews for too long. Yeah, and I have I have him off. on my fantasy team. He's been like in and out a little bit, like a couple games in a row, two games, one game with like minor things here and there. So a knee sprain isn't too bad. Hopefully he does heal it up pretty good. But yep. um, three weeks, you know, only two weeks of games, and they're sitting pretty in the division they're in. So yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they're good to go. So I wouldn't, worry, I wouldn't worry too much about it for the Toronto Maple Sucks for me in my fantasy league. <laughs> Still, uh, I think I'm fourth, but I think I have, like, the second best record in the league. Because I think other players have more points for them than me or something, and they're in a different division. Some shit like that. <laughs> of course, dude. I don't know why. My league doesn't, like, switch up who's in what division, so I'm always with this fucking guy, my old boss, who's fucking, like, on the waiver wire every day, like, <laughs> fucking knows everything about the league. He's always, like, the best fucking player in fantasy, and I'm, like right behind him but like <laughs> I, I, they just keep putting me in the same division as him so like whenever I play I always end up in the two seat in our division because of it and I'm like damn really yeah. is that fucking good yeah dude he's, he's like on it like I don't I don't keep up as much as I should honestly but yeah. I'm doing really good about it this season mm. but it's just like every year I pay $25 and it goes right into his pocket you know what I mean <laughs> like that guy just keeps winning I think he's won two years in a row now you might as well just mail him a check here. exactly dude I'm like why do I even have to pay the league guy I can just pay him 
We we have a friend of ours that's like really fucking good with the uh, football. Actually, two two of our friends that are really good with football, uh, Eric and uh, I feel like Brian's up there too. Yeah, Brian Brian's very good. Eric um, doesn't he win like he he, grand he, he hits shit? on DraftKings, but I don't think he he's in that fantasy league that they're in. But Brian's got his name on the trophy two maybe three times, and same thing. I think Kyle has one. Yeah, maybe two. I don't know. Really good. That's like cat. That's really like uh, like we'll be over our friends and. So, They'll they'll put on football or whatever and Brian's just sitting there just like yeah that player he he did this oh last yeah they week, know a lot they know all the stats I'm like holy shit yeah. wow I uh I think I I was in and out of that league back when I was trying to get into fantasy and I, I made it to the finals one year and I just scammed the guy out of a hundred bucks because like <laughs> it's like call it you know four fifty two fifty mm-hmm. or no call it five fifty two fifty and I was like hey you want to like cover your losses a little bit for like if I beat you the loser can get three fifty and the winner gets four fifty. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It, like before the game starts, he's like, "Yeah, that sounds good." I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Because I was like, "There's no way I'm fucking beating you." And I, was, and I ended up losing. Scummed. I was like, "Sick, dude. Let's go." <laughs> Extra hundred bucks in my pocket. <laughs> All right. So since uh, we talked about Alexander Barkov getting into the All Star game, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep rolling with that. So it has been announced that Roberto Luongo will be the celebrity goalie in the breakaway challenge at the All-Star game. The winner of each NHL skills competition as well will win $30,000. That's that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, for us, not for them, dude. That's yeah, a fucking dollar. Fucking change. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Did you ever hear the story? I forget who it was. I think it was a Penguins player, and uh, one of the guys was like, oh, you got, you got change for a 20? And he goes, 20 is change. He <laughs> walked away from him. <laughs> was it Malkin? <laughs> Probably, dude. It was fucking hilarious. So I was like, that's great. Well, that's cool to see 20 Roberto. 20 is change. <laughs> I, hope, I hope they uh, Mike Roberto Luongo up for those. Like, um, they did that oh, with, like, dude, Marty gonna be Turco so back many of in them. the day. And Mikes and GoPros and camera angles and oh, drones. Love it. Love it. We got to see, like, um, we got to see the dad, bear leaguer, Roberto Luongo now in, yeah. in net, so it's, that's uh, it's gonna be cool to see for everyone. Yeah, definitely but, be nice. Mm-hmm. We got a little funky news here: uh, Connor Bedard's SpongeBob SquarePants themed jersey for the Regina Pats uh, Nickelodeon night was sold at auction for thirteen thousand and twenty-five dollars. Chump change. Proceeds for the auction are going to Children's Miracle Network, which funds children's healthcare services, and we'll have it hung up behind us next week. So enjoy <laughs> that. 13k for a nice. Oh, new I know you bought it. Oh, oh yeah. shit! No, oh. we bought it. It came out of the business account. <laughs> Check out posttopostpod.com to support us. <laughs> please, please. I didn't know. Fuck. We're, we're, in, we're in major we're debt. We're in major here. debt right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did have. Th- this is kind of weird. So I don't know too much about this, but Ball Sport RSN is apparently a company that does you know NHL broadcasts, programming, media, all that shit. So this company is actually preparing for bankruptcy, and it includes 12 NHL networks. The following is all a direct quote from Puck Empire on Instagram, but give those guys a follow because those guys are sick. Get, like, all of our news from them. They're fucking amazing. So a lot for me to rattle off here, but I'm going to just blast through it, and we'll see where we stand at the end. The company called Diamond Sports Group LLC, which runs Sinclair Sports Channels, is reportedly $8.6 billion in debt. Sinclair is hoping to strike a deal to help them keep the channels operating thanks to bankruptcy. In total, Sinclair owes $55 billion in sports media rights, according to Bloomberg. A bankruptcy could put payments to the NBA and NHL at risk. It's being reported that Sinclair will skip a $140 million interest payment due in mid-February, which starts a 30-day grace period for the company. Jesus. Sinclair has launched a $20 per month subscription service to get Bali Sports Networks without cable TV. So far, though, fans seem to not be running to the service uh, in the numbers that they expected. 
Sinclair will likely seek to end some contracts with teams and cut back on payments to others. It's reported that Sinclair's Diamond Sports Group has about $585 million cash in hand, but owes about $2 billion in fees to teams this year. This is going to affect teams in Los Angeles, Anaheim, Arizona, Dallas, St. Louis, Minnesota, Detroit, Columbus, Nashville, Carolina, Tampa, and Florida. Which is kind of interesting to me because that seems like all of the expansion teams that, you know, maybe the major networks don't really put their money into and focus on in a way. You know what I mean? So they kind of took a, a business risk and an investment in these major markets and in the time frame of now till X amount of years back when they started the company, like have eaten losses because the game hasn't been growing and developing in those cities. The hard part for me is the fact that this is like the time frame that I think the league is going to start to pop. And this is where like teams in those markets are starting to thrive. You get a good fan base in Nashville and Carolina, Tampa Bay winning a couple cups, um, Dallas even getting fans with their, their new goaltender. I, I think that like if they could have sticked it out, or stuck it out, I should say, it would have worked. But the situation that they're in now, they're just like, they're screwed. They're in over their, their head. It's bad. Um, I, I feel like these... I feel like these subscription services are really pushing people away. Like, I remember when subscription services became a thing, and it was just like, it was like a few. And, like, if... For some reason, it wasn't on Netflix. It was on like Hulu or whatever, and it really didn't. It really didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And also on HBO Max became a thing, and then all of a sudden you have Paramount Pitches. And dude, the HBO Max one makes no sense to me. I have to pay for HBO regular, and then I have to pay for Max to watch right. the other shit. Like why? Why? I'm why? all set with that. No. And then uh, some of the some of the streaming services are just dumb too. Like uh, I, I was trying to watch a Bruins game on your on your thing, but I need to be on your Wi-Fi. Yeah. To... So I ran into that too. Like I was at you know like out and about, and I wanted to watch the Bruins game, and I went to log onto my Xfinity app to to watch the Bruins game on the on the on the cable that I pay for monthly. Right. I need to be at home on my Wi-Fi to watch the cable, but like, how fucking why do I need to stream to my phone if I am at my house with, with my the TV? TV. Yeah, it makes no it's sense. So fucking stupid, and it, it's really running people dry because like I've I've been starting to like get rid of a bunch of shit because I'm just like, and, and the the costs have gone up too. The costs. Have gone I was up. gonna ask you, I use your Hulu. Do you have ESPN Plus? No. Okay, because a lot of people do the bundle with the three, and I really want ESPN Plus because I think they have really good articles. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You might have to let me know about that. I uh, I was th- I was thinking about Nesson, and then a few coworkers of me had it, and they're just like. Don't don't fucking do it. Like they <laughs> they upped it and like you can't stream anything like on. Yeah, your phone I think Disney just, went up fifty percent on their price too. I think it was terrible. ten and now it's fifteen yeah. a month. Like, like you have, I gotta consolidate. Even Spotify. Like, my wife and I are able to do like a family plan and like I want to get on that because we're both paying ten and ten, and if we get the family plan, it's fifteen, and you can create a kids account on there so that like when I get like my top hundred songs of the year, I don't have to listen to the fucking Wiggles because that's all I listen to when Emma's in the car. You know what I mean? Like, now I can have a family plan for five dollars less than what the two of us are paying, and the fucking Wiggles aren't in my library. And fruit salad, yummy yummies, not yeah. on the top five. I don't have to deal with that anymore. You don't have to, you don't have to fucking de- yeah, exactly. But yeah, this is the problem that uh, Bali Sports is running into because there's there's just an overabundance of these apps, and people are just like, dude, I'm just done. Like my subscriptions are now Netflix, Hulu, uh, some sports thing, and that, Disney that's Plus, Disney yeah. Plus, th- yeah. and that's. That's fucking it. Like I'm just, I'm done. Like I, yeah. I refuse to pay, and HBO Max went up, 
and I think it's like sixteen dollars, fourteen, sixteen dollars now. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just for what? A shitty season of Westworld, a Game of Thrones spinoff. Game of Thrones. Spin-off. What else is good on HBO? They got rid of a bunch of stuff. I guess. They, yeah, they're canceling matches. They canceling they're, them. All these companies are coming out with like, here's a pilot season. There's like a niche group of people that are like, I love this. This is great. And then they're like, Yeah, that show's done. By the way, here's this pilot season. Right. Exactly. You know? They got rid of like the whole John Wick trilogy. I'm like, This is it. I'm done. I heard. Um, I heard for um, uh, HBO Max, so the um, although one show is not gonna fucking rope me into fucking getting it again, but the uh, Last of Us series I heard was really yep, good. Yep. But I guarantee you, where there's a will. And internet, there's a way, and I'm sure I can find some website that's just like, here you go, here's everything. How much are you paying for your Skinamax subscription? Stop. (laughs) Stop. It's on the, uh, it's on the, it's on the, I noticed that come out of the business account this week. So, you know, just, (laughs) um, I noticed you you signed up for a lot of OnlyFans this week. (laughs) I thought I hit all those, uh, but no, it's good. There's money coming in too. Very nice. Good oh job. God! Oh, Great shit. work. Fuck. <laughs> you can see all my. Uh, you can see my link tree in the description below. <laughs> yeah, we do have a link tree, but we do not have an OnlyFans <laughs> yet. <laughs> Give it time. We're getting desperate over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is exactly what's happening with Bali Sports, and uh, it sucks. It sucks to suck. I'm, I'll be curious to see what happens with uh, all those teams. That's a lot of fucking teams that it's gonna miss out. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think like obviously they'll they'll cover their own ass with another network picking up, but um, definitely sucks in the time being for it. Mm-hmm. Wanted to give you a little score update too. Eight minutes left in the third period, the Vancouver Canucks are up four to one over the Blue Jackets. Woo-hoo! Prepare to drop and give me twenty, uh, but I do have to do my Bombay Sapphire nip tonight just so the fans can see it too. Yep, and one nip for losing this week. It's all right. So the last bit of news you want to talk about before you uh, do that nip and I get to see you in, in excruciating pain is uh, talking about Nesson and Jack Edwards here. Uh, Jack Edwards this week uh, tried apologize, apologizing to Patrick Maroon in the locker room before the game, and apparently it did not go too well. For everyone who didn't know, uh, Jack Edwards made some choice words for a solid fucking five minutes. It wasn't just like a phrase. It was just like he's just going to keep going at Patrick Maroon's weight and like the pizzas he ate and everything. Like It's almost like how we talk about Phil Kessel. But Phil Kessel is... Uh, doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't give a fuck. And he also doesn't hear us saying it whatsoever. But uh, I guess Patrick Maroon really just... From the source in quotes uh, that was there, they said like Patrick Maroon just... Wasn't having it. I guess they had a handshake at the end, but uh, that definitely lit a, lit a fucking fire under the ass of Patrick Maroon because uh, they gave the Bruins another loss at the end of that game. I don't know. Bruins were away. It was definitely a good win by Tampa, 3-2 to two final. Yep. Uh, I'm not, not dogging that. But I don't know. I thought this story was a big nothing burger, just like a dumb follow-up because someone saw Jack Edwards talking to Pat Maroon. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I didn't think there was much to come from this at all. Like The, the first story was interesting because – Pat Maroon turned it and made it something positive and kind of jammed it down Jack Edwards' throat. And right. I don't know. It just seemed lame to to have anyone even cover this. And, yeah, obviously Pat Maroon's going to dust him because, like, fuck you, dude. You don't know me. Why would you do that? Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So. What All right. Can you open that for me, Dad? My There's push- no way you have an issue with this. You my, do? my push-ups can't. They haven't helped my, my finger strength. Thank you. <laughs> they helped your... Uh, tricep and arm strength, uh, hand strength, but not. Ooh, wow, I got lucky as shit with that one. Nice. There you go. All right, cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. Hope you enjoy yours. I will. 
fuck. I'm living vicariously through you right now. Oh, man. Tastes like Christmas. <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad for you. Not how, like, you know the taste, so you, like, you know what the person's going through. That's, oh. That's not good. Was it the, whoa, was it about to be the first yuck on this? No, no, I'm not going to throw up from a nip. I'm just kidding. (laughs) not going to throw up from a nip, but that's, uh, that's foul. Yeah, it's, uh, Bombay. Um, fun fact, did I tell you about the time where, uh, me and my friend Brennan put down a whole bottle of it one night? Yeah, he told the listeners about it, too. Fucking atrocious. So now, like, just looking at that, I'm. What did you drink it with? I don't even know. We didn't. It's like I can do gin and gin and soda, gin and tonic, whatever you want to call it. But no, we were straight doing, is so foul. We dude. were doing straight. We we're doing shots. That's disgusting. Why? Because at the time you liked it. At the time, I liked it. Why? And then it was literally after that night. I was like, you know how you're just like hugging the toilet and you're just like, I'm never doing this shit again. Oh, but you told me you don't get hungover. I don't get hung. No, I I don't get hungover. I'm just saying, like, I was fucking throwing up all night. That's hungover. No, hungover is like when you. Wake up and feel like shit. And throw up. No, no, no. That's like two in the morning, like the bottle's done, and like you stand up and all of a sudden the room's spinning. Oh, okay, like, okay. Still drunk. Oh, puking God. I thought you meant the next day. But literally the next day I woke up at like 8.30 in the morning and went to the gym. It's disgusting. That was fun. Dude, you sick fuck. Five to one, six minutes left in the third. Sick fuck fuck. They ain't coming from, back from that. See you later. Mm. 20, 20 for you tonight. 20. Let's uh, let's get one on the books for tomorrow, actually. So let's, let's assume that I'm going to win. Because I am. It's a good assumption. Winner picks the game, loser picks the team. I'm pulling up the schedule for tomorrow. We do have the All-Star break coming up, so we're going to run out of this for a little bit. But mm-hmm. if any, well, it's going to be too late for you fans to jump in. But Monday, Tuesday, next week, whatever. Oh, I mean, that's, that's good. So all right. right. We're, we're butchering it. There's going to be an All-Star break soon. Yeah. You're not going to be able to jump in. But eventually, they've been on Matt's story. You can vote and pick which team you want to be on. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the losing team, you can do 20 push-ups. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got Boston, Florida. St. Louis, Colorado, Montreal, Ottawa, San Jose, Pittsburgh. All right, I'm not going to rattle them off. There's a lot. There's a lot of games. You gave me the battle of the toilet bowl tonight, so let's do another toilet bowl. Let's go Arizona versus Anaheim. <laughs> Last time that we had Arizona, I picked them, and I believe that they lost. Yep. So the game is Arizona and Anaheim. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, the Ducks. You taking the Ducks? All right. Because. Uh, this week, they already faced each other this week, too, uh, the Arizona Coyotes and Ducks. And I was like, ooh, Coyotes might have this in the hat. Oh, and yeah, the Ducks beat them 5-2. to two. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Connor Ringham was standing on his head for a bit, and then... Gibson played really well, though. Oh, man, Gibson played well. The Ducks were just all over Arizona. It when just... did I pick them? Was that the night that I picked them? Must Might've have been. been. Might have been. That was just like... You like picking the toilet bowl games. Yeah, I do, because you just don't know where it's going to go. Oh, I'm definitely getting fucking 20 push-ups out of this. They just beat them 5-2. to two. I wonder if they'll sit Gibson and, and start the backup in Anaheim because I'll, because if, they got a 5-2 win last if, time. If Vemelka's uh, in, that'll be a different story, I think. Yeah, like this might be Vemelka against you know Anaheim's backup. Yeah, so if that's the case, I might be doing 20 push-ups. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, uh, I'll send that in the DMs right now so we have it. Get those um, votes in, baby. Anaheim versus Arizona. You're taking Anaheim, right? Uh, yeah, the Ducks, yep. Cool. This has been fun because I don't want to do 20 push-ups, nor do I want to do a fucking shot of Bombay Sapphire. So it's really it's starting to make me sweat. So you ready? Yep. 
Thanks, everyone, for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Peace. Peace.